Faithful responders consist of two deputies and two firefighters with nearly 40 combined years of service as first responders. Scotty, Jonathan, Clint, and Jacob invite you to listen as they discuss various issues that first responders deal with in their daily lives as well as on the job. The crazy schedules, training, mandatory OT, and the extra gigs provide little time for family, let alone going to or committing to a church. Their prayer is that this will be something used to help keep you encouraged and equipped in your faith. So sit on back, but don't fall asleep. Yes, that means you, firefighters. And as always, stay safe. What's up, everyone? This is uh, Scotty B. I'm here uh, with Jacob and Jonathan at Sand Bear Studio. And um, I was just going to introduce the next podcast that we're talking about. Talking I miss about... Clint, by the way. Where... Hey. Where's he been at? <laughs> oh, Clint. I, you know what? Obviously, I don't really know. Smooth you would think that a fireman, a fireman would actually know where he's at, but he doesn't because he doesn't talk to me either. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You we know... can't all be awesome. It's okay. He is pretty awesome. He is. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. That's why I miss him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll invite him back. He's just a terrible friend. Oh, ow. Woof. And not good. Worse than the he's awesome not, he's not, he's, Well, he's not. He's, let's be honest here. He's not good at commitment. Yeah. <laughs> they were I in guess, a relationship once. I guess if we, well, that's true. I guess if we would have, you know, thrown a pension in uh, all the money Gwinnett's throwing in his lap, he, he, uh, he might come back. <laughs> Golden child. <laughs> Good for you, Clint. Golden, <laughs> golden child money. Must be nice. Must be nice. Oh, just just get blonde, bleach blonde hair, and you can be called sunshine and do whatever you want. That's what I need. I need to bleach my hair. I just need hair. I need to just go. <laughs> I need to frost my tips. <laughs> Y'all young guys are just killing me, man. I need to frost my frost my tips. I need to Justin Timberlake my hair. Ooh. Hmm. Maybe and you gonna get a, you gonna like tease it and get a, like froish like his like a little curly. I have a fro. I already told you that. You gotta grow that thing out. I do. I have pictures, and now all the people listening are gonna look up. No, do it stupid now. Stupid pictures. <laughs> do it now. <laughs> you won't do it. No, I don't want to see your pictures. <laughs> I want to see you grow a fro. I'm not gonna grow a fro. Grow a fro. Let's do it. I ha- no, I did in the past. And I even used to moose my hair to make it even curlier because I just embraced it because it was just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine, like, the Mouton Chia Pet? I'm telling you. It would basically be the Homer Simpson Chia Pet. (laughs) (laughs) A.K.A. Donkey Kick Face. Anyway. It kind of scares me a little bit. Mm. Scotty. The fro made my head bigger, too. Lead us into our topic. (laughs) You're scaring me. Anybody wants topic? Topic. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we decided what we're going to talk about today is something that I think a lot of first responders deal with. Um, Something that I think a lot of them don't want to admit that they deal with. And some that do admit and some that actually run from the service altogether because of it. And understandably. So uh, today we're we're wanting to talk about fear. Um, Obviously in in first responding majority wise, but also outside of it as well. So what do y'all think, guys? What's your idea of uh, initially hearing the word fear? Let's make Jacob talk a lot this episode. Jacob. I'm down with that. That doesn't happen very often. 
So what do you think, Jacob? I don't get an opportunity to. You're, you're, you have such a profound thought. Let's hear it. Not with you guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, fear. I think, like Scotty said, everybody experiences it. Um, whether you want to admit it or not, you deal with it in some shape or form. We talk about it in, I mean, I'm sure they talk about it in fire training and EMS service as well, but like oh, we deal with it in one of two ways, fight or flight, right? Yep. Um, I think there's, I mean, I think it's, I think it's healthy, you know, I think that you can have a healthy fear of something. Definitely too kind. Because it's going to, if you have a healthy fear of something, you're going to respond to it in a way that's going to save your life. Yeah. Um, that's initially, that's just kind of my, what comes to mind. Healthy fear avoids carelessness. Yeah. And, and I think you said it a few episodes ago, however many episodes ago about having that fear avoids complacency. Absolutely. And complacency kills. Yep. Destruction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Having a fear of the unknown is a big one. That's with everyone. Um, Fear of circumstances, fear of of judgment, fear of of messing up, fear of falling short, fear fear of of disappointment, and and and, and uh, just this trepidation that people have with what can be, right, and also versus what ought to be, what they envision ought to happen. And what they're, what they're fearful might happen, and the possibilities, and they let that ride them, and it, especially in um, law enforcement. But I'm going to go ahead and say, definitely for all first responders, for sure, it's going to be a, a physiological reaction that happens to your body. It's huge. Whenever it comes to stress and fear, those are like two hand in hand right there because you fear, you constantly fear. You're gonna. I mean, it's gonna. It's gonna happen. You're gonna be stressed out. You're gonna be stressed out, and you're gonna have anxiety, and you're gonna have that could evolve into depression. You know, and and that short-term depression can turn into chronic depression, mm-hmm. just like um, anxiety. And we're we're getting into the weeds here, but it's. I think it's necessary to say it's huge. It mm-hmm. raises your cortisol levels in your body. That physiological reaction that you have to stress, which is, I mean, all just byproducts of, of constant fear, fear of the unknown fear of consequences of a world that is, is controlled by Satan. And, um, the refuge for that fear you find in God, you can't find it anywhere else in the world. You cannot find a cure to actual fear, real fear, a real cure. It may be temporary, you cannot find a real cure and solution to fear than in the world. You can only find it in God. You can only find it in prayer. You know, it's, it's, that's a, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't find it in alcohol. It won't take away the fear of what you've seen. Maybe what you could see. The life that you have or the life that you may lose. Mm-hmm. It, it can't it can't do that. It can't take away the bad guy. 
it can't take away the child that you may have to, you know, do CPR on. It can't, it can't do any of those things on. It can't. The world will not take those things away. No. Only God can. I, I'll be honest. Um, like the fear that I've felt in the fire service, I don't remember fearing anything that I've done physically. Like I've never feared going into a house fire. There's been times where I have like take a second thought and I'm like, uh, that doesn't look safe. <clears throat> but like total like fear. Um, I've always trusted the people that are that are above me. I figured that, I mean, they've trained, they've been known, and obviously there's people in our department in our apartments that you know like eh, I don't know if I trust them people. <laughs> but but the people I was blessed with to be under very. I mean, very good officers, very good uh, people who knew what they're doing, had confidence. And so I never feared going to a fire. I've never feared, like, I've really never feared any physical part of my profession um, that I can remember. I'm not saying it didn't happen. The things that I have feared is that I might tell or do something, say, I might say something or do something that, that I think is right, and then it's not right, and then somebody did it and got hurt, <laughs> or hasn't happened to get killed. But like that's what I fear. And then, <clears throat> like telling somebody what's wrong and what's right and being wrong. I guess I fear the 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 part of maybe not um, directing in the correct way. Um, I've also feared uh, when I first got into fire before I even got into fire service. I actually. I got laid off and um, I actually was fearful getting into the fire service because I was worried that if I was making the right decision or not. And you soon realize that it's kind of what Jonathan's saying is that we're always going to have those feelings. But what helped me get over all these feelings and what helps me really analyze the situation is when I like we've talked about uh, praying and focusing on what the Bible says and what God says. That's what helps me get over a lot of these things. Um, so physically, I've seen, now I've seen fear. I've been in fires before where, where I've seen somebody in, in their face piece and I'm like, that guy does not need to go go in there and do that. That guy might need to find another, we need to put him somewhere else because he's not ready to do this. Um, I've seen, I've heard fear. We've been in, I've been in house fires before where I've heard the guy in front of me, uh, you know, while I was pulling rock and I hear the guy in front of me like saying, it's hot, it's dark, it's hot, I can't see. And I like, that's scary too, because it's like, wait a minute, he's the one in charge of putting this fire out. So we need to go ahead and make sure this happens. Um, I've heard those things. My thought process then when that that happened was, uh, yeah, it's fire and this is smoke. We can't see. (laughs) The logical (laughs) reaction. We can't fight. We can't. uh, It's going to be hot. Fire hot. (laughs) But, but, you know, I think a lot of that has to also come down to, like, training. And, um, and, you know, the thing is, if we do our job the correct way and we we do what we're supposed to do, make do 360s, walk around the house, 
Look where the fire is. Try to find the seat of the fire. Um, look at the smoke direction, smoke change. Like, you know, there's so many things that we can look at on scene to uh, eliminate um, the amount of stress that could cause of injury or, or death or whatever. So, like, I I fear things that are more of somebody else's, somebody else getting hurt rather than myself. I've I don't remember many times where I feared my own physical death or anything like that. I don't know about y'all. Oh, I have. <clears throat> I have. That was something big um, that constantly came up in my mind, you know, over and over when I was first starting out on patrol was, you know, what if I don't, what if I don't make it home at the end of this shift? Okay. And, Go ahead. Yeah. And uh, as far as, you know, security and my salvation of like knowing that I was going to go to heaven if I died. Like that wasn't necessarily the fear that I was yeah. experiencing, but my thought, <clears throat> my thought every time was, you know, what, I guess my fear every time was what, what's going to become of my family. Are, are they going to have somebody to take care of them? Okay, so I, I think, and so, you know, yeah. that what came into play there was, Okay, I've got to I've got to trust God. You know, I've got to <laughs> I've got to put more hope yeah. and trust and faith in God to to know that he is going to provide, you know, for my family that he is sovereign even even despite my death or or whatever, you know, like he's going to take care of them. Okay. So, so I do take in that aspect, I say I wouldn't look at that as a physical I wasn't looking at that as like a physical fear. I was mm-hmm. looking at that as more cuz I'm I'm the same way. I do worry about like wor- worry, yeah, yeah, yeah. If something bad yeah. happens to me, my family, I worry about my kids being young, and how are they going to deal with that? Like, how what's going to happen to them? And I mean, are they going to have? I mean, obviously, you don't want to think about this because I don't want to think about no man being my wife. But right. <laughs> but like, are they ever going to have a, a a man in their life that's going to be there every day that's going to actually teach them the way that they yeah. should be taught, or you know, teach them the way I f- I feel like they should be taught. So yeah, I get that, but that also that also opens a couple doors, because now you're talking about outside of fire, of the public service. Mm-hmm. Like, I tell people, like I tell my wife all the time, I don't remember being fearful. I really don't remember being fearful much before I had kids. Um. There's only one time that I can physically remember yeah, being I fearful. That. I can second that for sure. I can. Yeah. There's only one time, and it was we were at, we were going to Bell Mountain, and I had a, I had a, um, a Jeep a Jeep Wrangler, and we were driving to the top, and I remember Megan and her brother in the Jeep. We're going up this rocky road, and my four wheel drive went out, and we started skidding backwards, and I was trying to like stop. We weren't really stopping. I'm not playing with you. You can you can ask them. We stopped inches away from uh, at least a three four hundred foot cliff. This is the scariest I've ever been in my yeah. life. The problem was, it was so close and it was on an angle that I told Megan and Greg to get out of my jeep, and I lit, we are so close to because if I didn't shift gears fast enough the Jeep was going over the edge. Like I couldn't get out of the, it wasn't to a point where we could get out of the Jeep. I had to get 
up that hill enough and there's rocks there so i'm thinking oh i might skid i even had them take the door off i told them get out of the jeep and take my door off and to give me a chance to jump out of this thing mm-hmm. if i don't if it doesn't switch fast mm-hmm. enough or if the t- if the tires go too fast mm-hmm. you know this how was to a stick obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's so- super fun on inclines if anyone's ever driven a stick <laughs> yeah. but yes, uh, your boy knows i i know yeah so i'm i'm thinking dude i remember i don't remember I, I remember being super scared, but I don't think, I don't remember being like, I'm going to die until I was able to do it. I was, I was obviously able to make it. We got up a little bit, pulled my Jeep off the side. And that moment is when I start, like my body literally started, mm-hmm. I mean, trembling. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I was like, oh my gosh, I literally almost died. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but besides that though, I don't remember like, man, we used to do like, rock jumping and bridge jumping and all these stupid things i look back on <laughs> now i'm like i was such an idiot and so was. but you were superman man. what are you talking about <laughs> yeah it was invincible yeah right, yeah, right. <laughs> but when did but, that change but the moment the moment i held my first daughter in my hands i've had a problem with fear mm. like to us to, to where it to sin mm-hmm. because every day i fear like i just I'm 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 fearful that something bad's gonna happen to my family, mm-hmm. especially my kids. Um, when I see one thing that helps me, I know it sounds morbid, but one thing that helps me get over all the dead people that I've seen is if they're over like 40 years old, 45 years old. I tell myself, I'm like, you know what? At least they got a shot to, you know, at least they got to live 40, 50, 60 years. And know what life was about. Get over all that those lies and anxiety and stress and crap that you know high schoolers and, and college students think, where they think the world's over. And then you get out. He get out five years later, ten years later, and you're like, that was so dumb. Like the stresses there absolutely. was absolutely. We so all crazy. feel that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We everything is the biggest deal. Everything. Yeah. My world is over. Sally broke up with me. Yeah. And. uh you know, you don't get the experience. I, I, I think that, but then is profound. But then, so, Absolutely. so the thing is, is that you fast forward, and I say, well, at least I got to know what life was. But it's hard to do that with young, with kids and teenagers and even young adults, because it's like, dang, you know, like, man, they didn't even get to like, they didn't even get to live, like, they didn't even get to, they didn't even get, a, didn't even get an opportunity, and I, and I, like, so I'm always so worried and scared and fearful that something bad is going to happen to my wife and kids. And I hate that because it's technically a sin. Like I'm not putting my trust and faith in God and, and not, and I'm not, I'm not being faithful to him taking care of my kids. And, and it goes back to that whole thing when I talked about my, um, in my testimony, uh, to where when I lost, when I lost our first, when my wife and I lost our first child and my second child, I try to take all that pain and all that burden away from everybody. And I try to do it myself. And then I realized that that's wrong. Like I should have given that to God. And I should have I should have accepted people's help and all that kind of stuff. And it's the same thing. Like I'm not giving it all to God. Even though it's like we've talked about before, our kids are like alone. Like they're they're not even ours, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean and that just this is crazy. Like it's God. They're gods. We're gods. He's the creator. He's the one who created us. 
And that's when I really, I deal with fear hardcore, like hard to where it does give me anxiety, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not fear of myself. Mm -hmm. It's fear of my family and my kids. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. Like, I hate that I get to that moment. Like, like I'll text Meg and if I don't hear from her and I know she's supposed to be somewhere and like, man, I'll just get, I'll start getting this like feeling, oh my gosh, something's not right. Like, and I hate that because that's just Satan kind of digging and trying to like. I was just about to say it's all it's all from Satan. Yeah, <laughs> it's all from Satan. It's just terrible. He want, he wants to get that focus off of off of God, um, and especially put it, when and, I'm on shift. Yeah, and put it on. I mean, he wants to put it on ourselves or whatever. I mean, he, he wants to do anything he can to distract us. Um, I hate it. And there's there's several several scripture uh, references that that talk about fear. Um, and talk about God driving out fear. Um, so if we if we shift our focus there and put it on God, we you know we can know and trust that that, that fear will be driven out. First um, John four eighteen says there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. Hmm. That's convicting. Yeah. And just just a couple of verses prior to that, um, we learn and read that God is love. And if we, we if we remain in love, then we remain in God. Mm. 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 I mean... And it kind of goes back to the <laughs> two greatest commandments, but... It does. A lot. That's actually what I was thinking about when you read that. <laughs> so it kind of comes full, full circle there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a scary thing, man. And um, but I see I see that same kind of fear, and I think about like I when I when I also talk about that kind of fear is like I think about like what about the people who don't believe in anything. Like or or a god, like in any god. I mean, don't even include our god. You know, I talked. That was I think. Well, remember, I was talking about that guy. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy I talked to not yeah. so long ago. Went from talking about work to talking about God for like two hours straight. I was I was like, my goodness. And he was. He was asking me question after question. You want to talk about someone that keeps you on your toes? That's some. I was like, my goodness. Okay, well, this. And I just, you don't normally have people questioning you like that, right? Yeah. Um, that's what kind of I would. I was concerned because people like that. Um. Uh, the fear is derived from nothingness. From it's derived from a pointless existence. Okay, and, crazy is that? And you know that that's a that's a that's a very very sad path. You know, and really we should we should pray for people that are going through that path because what a lonely path that would be. Everyone really, everyone that that goes through that is is lost. And is trying to find their way, you know, and is convinced that, you know, it's it's the world is going to take care of them or that they have a meaningless existence, which is not true. And uh, I am not fearful of a meaningless existence. I know that there is evidence all around me. It is so, so evident, so apparent, so obvious. 
And so my fear is not derived from a lack of a creator, a lack of design and intention that is perfect. But my fear is similar to y'all's, especially Scotty's. I fear something happening to my family. I fear it all the time. I still fear it, which is contrary directly to God's word, right? Yeah. And like you were just saying, the love, that's what, that's not true love because uh, for God. Because it, it's basically saying like I like I was talking about the driver's seat with the last one, the derby car. You're you're not actually directing me. You're just in the back seat. I got this. I'm driving. I'm I'm pressing the clutch. I'm switching the gears, and I know my direction. I don't need you, and so I'm not going to need you for my anxieties either, and for the senselessness of my, of 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 the fears that I have that are of the world and not of an existence that you are my God and my, my father. Yeah, I agree. I, I do it all the time. I, and it is sin. I agree with Scotty it is it's sin. I agree. And in law enforcement, I mean, in first responders, I mean, we do it all the time with, when it comes to a big one, I think is a fear of messing up, fear of messing up, messing someone up, Messing up with helping someone, messing up with the public, messing up with your job, messing up in court. Oh, my gosh, that used to be the <laughs> biggest one for me. I hated the stand. I hated it. Holy crap. I, could, I really, I'm not kidding. I would literally have, like, not panic attacks, but I would, pretty close to it. My heart is palpitating and all that. Oh, it that. sucks being on a stand. And, and like freaking out, getting red, getting hives in my neck, looking like, you know, I'm lying whenever I'm just nervous about them thinking that I'm lying when I'm telling the <laughs> truth. I wrote the investigative narrative. I, I know what it is. That's my, you write that? Yeah, I wrote it. I stayed up till 2 a.m. writing it. I yeah. know, I know it's mine. Uh, but it's that fear that is, like you said, it's the devil. That's all mm-hmm. it is. It's the devil trying to sway you away. You know it's the truth. And it is the truth because you are a peacekeeper by God, right? And yeah. you are doing the right thing. And because you're doing the right thing and fighting against the things that are of the world, you're fighting against the world, which is of the devil. The devil is going to do everything in his power to to bring you away from that. When it goes back to your, in, in court, you're fearful that you're going to say something that it, they can twist and turn things so much oh in court now. Gosh, and so man. you're fearful of saying something that you don't even realize is incriminating in some way, even though you have no no sense in, in saying the wrong thing, but they can take it and twist it and, and make... Uh, dude, they used to do that with just simple signature on a blood draw that we used to do, and it was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy, I went to a... I wasn't sitting in court one time. This guy tried to get the case thrown out because the... The jur the jury I signed, I wrote Scott Brooks on the blood draw form and signed it and everything. And the jury, the court the judge and everything, when it came to jury, they said, All right, this is Mr. Andrew Brooks. Could you come to the, you know, the the, the bench, whatever? And I went up there and the guy goes, This needs to be thrown out because obviously Andrew Brooks isn't here because I am looking for a Scott. He goes, Obviously we have Andrew Brooks here. I'm looking for a Scott Brooks. And obviously we don't have the right man. <laughs> yeah, how crazy is that? <laughs> I'm like, he's, pull, said, he's he's pulling for straws. That's what he's doing. And then so the judge looked at me and goes, he goes, uh, are you Mr. Andrew Brooks or Scott Brooks? I said, uh, I said, well, 
I go by Scott, so I write my name Scott Brooks and sign it Scott Brooks, but my legal first name is Andrew Brooks, so that's why you have Andrew Brooks. And this guy goes, doesn't matter, and the judge looked at him and rolled his eyes like, you need to proceed with your case. <laughs> but I'm like, in, in other words, <laughs> chill out, bro, bro. But that, but that little thing, something like that. And like, if you say something and so, you know, our cases with blood draws are usually like, I mean, vehicular, like vehicular homicide, mm-hmm. DUI where mm-hmm. somebody was hurt. Absolutely. Uh, one of them was a DUI and had three kids in the back with no seatbelts on. He was driving drunk. Mm. I want that guy to mm. go to prison. Absolutely. You know, I want him to pay. Yeah. So and does I, the rest of society. Yeah. And so we, you have an obligation that you're fearful that you're not going to fulfill. Exactly. And right? you say something and then they twist it. And it's like, well, look, I mean, that happens all the time. Big cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at OJ. If you want to throw it out That's there. That's a great example. <laughs> I mean, so if you're out there and you have that fear, you can you can hear right. I mean, that fear is not just in in public service. It's not just in first responding. It's not because everyone has that fear. I'm talking about fear you won't get the loan, fear you won't pass the test, fear you fear you won't get there safely while traveling. All of that, all of it, it's the same thing. It's all the same fear. It really is. It's the same anxiety. It's just in a different form for a different situation. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. I have it all the time. I fear my wife doesn't think I'm attractive anymore. Isn't that silly? Oh man, you that's know? gonna. Oh, that's I'm gonna... just saying. We're talking about fear. That's the truth, especially as a man. Especially as and you get older, you're getting into your thirties. You Dude. know, and then when you get into your forties, you know. Have I talked to you? At about least that? I still have all my hair. Um, you know, uh, I got half of it, <laughs> but he's got all the muscles, so he's got all the muscles. Oh, I still have luscious locks, we kind of balance it out there. Hey, I'm hoping Jason Statham stays like really popular for a long time. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, I fear that all the time. Have I, I talked like, to you about that? You have, okay, you have. That's we, talk, we talked actually a good bit about that, yeah, yeah. it's a big thing, yeah, I, yeah, especially as. Whenever you're busy and you're you're getting into your profession, Jacob knows exactly what I'm talking about. Especially when you're riding a car all the time for a living, uh, it's hard to stay fit. You're right, you're exhausted. You go home, you're exhausted. Um, you know, firefighters have it a little bit easier because they get to you know hang around and work out all daggum day. But you know, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly uh, what we do. Yeah, they don't they don't do anything else. No. Uh, but uh, <laughs> except for answer calls. Uh, but uh, I don't do anything when I'm staging for PD. Hose dragon. Because usually it depends on the call. I'm usually waiting an hour for that, so oh, I take a nap. Jeez, stab. It's a good thing we're we're SO. all right. So um, continue on. But yeah, it's, it's I'm just kidding. It's that fear. It's that fear. You know. Um, uh, besides myself, who looks like a donkey kicked him in the face, the, the rest of the guys are pretty good-looking guys. And But you, I guarantee you, you ask them, they're going to say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm fearful that my wife you know, is not attracted to me, uh, doesn't want to be intimate with me anymore, is thinking about other people. Um, you know, maybe we're not getting along very often. Or maybe, you know, I'm not being a good father to my children. Maybe my children will resent me. These are real fears that extend beyond... Law enforcement. I've, I've I've had all those fears. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all. All of them. Oh, absolutely. You know? I've had them almost all at once too. Whenever yeah, you absolutely. just have a bad day and you're just riddled with anxiety, mm-hmm. I've I've had it all. I've had it all. Where I'm just like, what is wrong with me? I need to just go work out or something. Well, that's a and that's what's hard for us sometimes as first responders because you get a lot of that stress and and anxiety from other people. Like you might not you might go in that shift and not feel stress or anxiety, and you leave that shift and you're like, oh my gosh. That was a terrible shift. Like we ran all day. We saw terrible things. People blamed us for stuff. We saw this. We saw that. And you go home 
and it's like you don't know how to to deal with the fear that you have at home or the, or the the situation you have at home so you neglect it and with me like literally like 2 years ago i like like muton and i've talked about this i think i mentioned it on here too in the podcast is the awesome. fact that i literally felt like i wasn't attracted to my wife like attractive to my wife anymore and we can go into it could be another podcast but you know i think that's one of the reasons why uh, like solomon in the bible talks about how you need to be intimate with your wife. You and your wife have to have sexual encounters and be and have intimacy. Because I told my wife, I said, no matter what what the world says and what all um, a lot of guys say and what TV says, when I'm intimate with you, it, it it's, the the pleasure is awesome. Okay, it's amazing, but that's not that's not the purpose of why God set up sex and 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 um intimacy in the marriage it was fulfillment it's way more than just a sexual desire because i said yes i desire you sexually oh yeah if anybody knows me they know that i obviously (laughs) desire her sexually because she is freaking smoking hot but what i told her is like what what can be what you can get deflected and what you might not see sometimes is the fact that if we aren't intimate and it doesn't have to be sex but just intimate, like, you know, playful or like just, you know, words of, of whatever your love language is, basically. But like words of affirmation. Mine is words of affirmation. But if I don't feel that, if I don't, if we're not, if we, we get busy and we don't do that. You look great today, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but if I don't feel that, I tell her, I said, it's nothing against you. It's not your fault most of the time. Most of the time, I blame it on you sometimes. But I feel like I'm not, a, I'm not. I feel like you don't find me attractive. I feel like you're not, I'm not fulfilling your desire. And then I start bashing myself and bringing myself down. And I start meditating on that. And then I fear like that I'm, I'm not good enough for you anymore. And then I start, and, it, and it's just a, a lie from Satan. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it, it, it goes back to that song that fear is a liar. Absolutely. <laughs> because, yes, it's because the absence it's, of God. It, it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it, and when I have these conversations with her, she's like, are you like she to her? She doesn't even she's she's oblivious to it almost sometimes because she's like, I had no clue. But that's why we talk about it a lot more, because it's like, look, I'm not desiring sex from you. I mean, I love that part. Yeah, definitely. But what I desire is to know that I still do it for you. Like, I'm still attracted to you because you are my main desire. You are my main purpose. You're my main focus. If I can't make you happy or fulfilled or feel like I'm doing my physical, emotional, and mental strength for you, I feel like I'm not good enough for you. Sure. And that Absolutely. that bothers me. And that's why I feel like the Lord says that, it's you just, know. It's, it's nonsense in reality from the outside looking in. It's nonsense. It's, right? well, but, for, but from the inside, when, when you, you're feeling it, oh, it's so real. It's very, it's so real. Oh, it's, <clears throat> no one could possibly say anything. It, it, no one, Mm-mm. you know, my wife even said that one time because I've had the same conversations with my wife. I know we all have. There's no way you haven't. If you've been married for more than five years, I guarantee you've had this conversation. But um, unless you're like, I don't know, get married at 18 or something. Uh, but um, so it's, 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 uh, what it is, is it's, 
it's easier from the outside looking in. You say it's nonsense, but whenever you're feeling it, it it's everything. Oh, when it, it, it's you're riddled. It's everything. When I step back, when I actually get it all out and t- and talk about it and step back and look at it from the outside in, I'm like, what's why, wrong with me? Yeah, why did I feel that way? Like, mm-hmm. and I tell Megan, I'm like, I can't freaking help it. Like, I don't understand it, and it yeah. it it, it yeah. destroys me. It tears me down because I try so hard. So hard to do the best I can. I told somebody the other day, I said, I wasn't blessed with money or brains or, you know, the athletic ability to make millions of dollars and and do all this stuff. But I was blessed to give myself. So I try really hard to do that for everybody around me. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, my family. I put them before everything. Which which you put so much yourself, I guarantee you. Your number one fear is rejection. Yeah, because absolutely. if with someone putting so much of themselves, you identify by that character trait. And who would hurt me the most if I felt like rejected me, other than my wife? Nobody. My right. wife. Yeah. So Satan, he knows that. So he, you know, you put these thoughts in my head. I've even had thoughts where I was like, "Man, what if she thinks this some guy that we know is better looking than me, and like she's attracted to that guy?" And I'm like, I think about it later, and I'm like. That is I, like, why am I doing this? And what if he? What if she did? So Sh- what? Shut up, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, I find I myself it, in that way. It all comes back to Jesus. Um, it does because I'll I'll just say this. Uh, I don't know if y'all know or read or listened to anything um, from David Guzik, but he's a uh, he's a pastor, I think, out in. California, maybe. Hope I said that right. Anyway, is, he, that uh, that, is that the one that Russ references a lot? Maybe he might. He might have. I'm I've not heard sure. that name a lot. It might be from um, you. Anyway, he says in his commentary over uh, Hebrews chapter four that in order to put our trust fully in Jesus, we must first remove it from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And like that, I don't know. I don't know about anybody else, but that that hit hard with me. Um, and I think it, it kind of relates to what you're saying, Scotty, is like yeah. those thoughts that come from Satan that he puts in our heads, it's typically, you know, us beating ourselves up and, you know, what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not, what you know, um, but what I'm trying to say is that, it, you know, it ultimately comes back to Jesus. You know, if we're not, if we're not fully putting our trust in Jesus, then I think those thoughts, so, that's when those thoughts can you know that that's when it starts to become destructive is when we're putting all that trust and weight and stuff on ourselves so and i will say i will say that when i go through funks like that and in times like that i always look back and i say i'm like i look at my my personal life like my praying my praying my reading the scriptures my overall like like faith in godly life Mm -hmm. and that and during those times it's always like not as good Mm -hmm. like i'm not reading the Mm -hmm. bible as much i'm not praying as 100 percent and then oh every time every single time immersed in the word yes i think is what i've heard about that being immersed in the word every time it's that it's during that time period absolutely Mm -hmm. in the prayer too because your god's in your back seat yeah he's not directing you yeah you're not putting them. Not you. I'm talking about. No, in the you are instance, talking. You are talking about me. I'm talking about. 
any of us. Yeah. Well, no, what I'm saying is that yeah, literally I get yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not, I'm yeah. nowhere near perfect. I mean, I know that God, a lot of times, unfortunately, I put that bench seat down and, and he gets in the back. I got, I got no room to talk, brother. <laughs> hey, hey, I tell you what, I had a boss uh, that I didn't agree with a lot of things. And I mean, a lot, we won't even get into that. Trust me. And I, uh, respect him too much to put him on blast. But I had a boss, um, very good at his craft, hyper good. You've met those people mm-hmm. that were just so good it made it was annoying. Oh yeah, because um, that's you know what they identify by. But the the point is he he used to say, and I'm applying this to other things. But uh, he used to say, "Let's not what if it to death," because mm. we would be talking about criminal procedure. Mm-hmm. We'd be talking about. Um, well, this is a bad dude who did this bad thing. Um, you know, how do we go about this investigation? How do we go about uh, in, in the the in, you know the the interviews? And how do we go about this? You know what? Uh, uh, so, and he would always say, well, or especially with internal investigations, let's not what if it to death. Like, what if they did this? Or what if they did that? What if this happened? It's not what if it to death. We're talking about criminal procedure, how to approach things. Let's not what if it to death. And I that used to be so annoying to me, but it makes sense. I tell that's that's where fear is mm-hmm. right there. You're gonna oh, yeah. what if it to death, mm-hmm. you know? I tell my kids all the time. I said they'll say something else. Not just kids, my ball players and whatever. And I'm like, well, thankfully we don't live in what if world because <laughs> Ooh, because boy. we're worried about something that hasn't even happened yet. Or mm-hmm. and and it's so funny too because we can be of the unknown. We can be hypocritical too because we'll tell these people. I tell my wife all the time like. Who cares about what if? We'll figure it out. Like, why don't we just play it out? And then here I am worried about my kids that, you know, like, what if they get in a car wreck? What if mm-hmm. they, and I'm like, oh, dang, mm-hmm. that's kind of being creepy. What if, like you were saying, and I was saying, and probably Jacob was thinking, he just didn't say it. I was like, what if my <laughs> wife don't like me no more? What if I'm just yeah. getting her mad all the time and she's thinking about, you know, divorcing me? Or what if, you know, my kids resent me and they really just think I'm a, I'm an idiot, you know? Yeah. Which they probably do. They probably do think I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, what's, what's crazy is, is Timothy. You're their idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donkey face idiot. <laughs> well, what's crazy is, is, is in Timothy, uh, by, uh, God literally, they literally, literally says that we were not, we were not, um, we did not, we weren't given a spirit of fear, yet we were given a, a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Hmm. So, like, if you think about that, like, think about how much you use that that power, love, and self-control. And it says we all have that. That's what our spirit is supposed to be. And yet, we have hmm. I feel twisted. convicted already. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we have twisted There's that. We've twisted that into like look at our world now. Like everybody has anxiety and and stress and everything from fear, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Say that again. It was it's power, it's power, love, and self control. Timothy and Timothy. I think it's First Timothy, and it's like First Timothy something. But I think I got it right here. Second Timothy one seven. Is it Second Timothy? Mm-hmm. Okay, Second Timothy. Hmm. It talks about we don't have that spirit. We're not. We're not. We don't have a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. We have a spirit of and it's. Power, love, and self-control. Mm-hmm. And like, but we have totally let, we had, we've totally let Satan and other people in general 
take that away from us. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Going back to First uh, John four eighteen, I just wanted to share this too. Um, but Rebecca Gordon, in her commentary, she writes: Jesus began to be sorrowful. He was in a state of distress and depressed because he knew what was about to happen. His death for our life. But Jesus knew that God's love for him is beyond any fear that tries to come in. So if we comprehend this, then we can trust in our hearts that God will not leave or forsake us in our fear. Romans eight fourteen through 17. For all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Daddy. Abba Father. Heavenly Daddy. Yeah. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, and if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. So because we believe in Jesus' sacrifice, the death, and resurrection, we are called God's children. We can all call God our Father. He is there, he is there for us every day. And we have the choice to enter his rest daily, trusting every step of the way that his will is good for us. So why fear? Well, what I got out of that was that he says we suffer with him. Yeah. Like, Mm. we don't just, we don't suffer. It's with God. And if you think about it, I mean, heck, his son came here and suffered. And so... And, and think, think about that suffering. And in addition to that, we're co-heirs with him yeah. and glorified with him. Well, heck, it could, it could always be worse. You, you know, God has not asked me to sacrifice any of my children, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it, it could be so much worse. And But you don't have to, in order to not be fearful, you don't have to constantly say and belittle your fear by saying... Oh, it could be worse. I'm privileged. You don't have to go about that route. If it works for you, sure. But, I mean, for a lot of people, it's probably not healthy. It's, it's, the, it's the root of the argument, not the, the, what is contrary. And, you know, and it's the, the root of it is what's well, not in God. Like you were saying earlier, it's not in love. It's, yeah. it's not in the love of God that I, you know, I'm fearful that, uh, you know, something might happen to them. You know, yeah. I'm probably it's absent definitely from prayer. Opposite. Definitely the opposite. Yeah. So I'm fearful that I'm not good enough for my parents, or I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough for my job, or I'm not good enough for this. Um, do your best and leave the rest. There you go. You know, <laughs> you got to. And if you're gonna do your best, you're praying. Mm-hmm. Well, what's crazy too is that we live in a world of fear, and the most common most known verse that I can think of starts out, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will Psalms fear no evil. 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, it's like crazy, because, man, you anybody, almost anybody, that's like a, a for all of cynicum, sort of glory of God verse. Like, mm-hmm. you can go almost anywhere, and even people who don't believe in and in, in, in read the Bible or believe in God know that verse. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's like a main verse, and it, but it doesn't just talk about, like, fear. It says... What's great about the verse is it goes on to say, like, 
when we walk through that valley of the shadow of death, and that's that's everybody. We're all going to go there. We're all going to get in that valley at some point. Yes. He doesn't just say, you should not fear any evil and leave it at that. He says, I'm going to give you the tools, that rod and that staff, mm -hmm. they'll comfort you. So he's going to give us the tools to get through that. Mm -hmm. But yet... We neglect that. And I think yeah. I mean that's thinking about like yeah. that'd be like going through some some crazy area, like whatever, like and just saying, All right, here's this and this to protect you, here's your shield, here's this, or whatever. You know, here's your gun, whatever. And saying, No, I don't want that. I'm just gonna go. And I think I think no. it's perfect that you brought that up. Perfect because it goes on to say one of the, the most instrumental parts of that quote, which I like a lot is that you know you prepare at the table for me yeah and i mean that's literally saying that i am giving you all the sustenance and i'm giving you all the things that you need you are being you are already given it and he's already prepared us a place i've prepared mm -hmm. you a place i've prepared you what you need and what mm -hmm. you have all it's it's there so there can be if i've given you the tools you just said that if i've given you the table I've prepared a place. There can't be fear that exists in that. It can't. It's not. It's absent. The only way we don't get there, and don't don't get to that place he's prepared for us, is by fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like literally, us fearing is what provokes us from getting anything in life. Like almost everything we do, I mean, fear is what prevents us from getting there. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything I can think of it, that I, I didn't take steps for, I didn't take that jump or that leap or anything, was literally because I was scared to do it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean, it's that. And it, it's more, it's not even, it's more non-physical, like we said earlier, than it is physical. Mm -hmm. It's mental. It's emotional. Yeah, 100%. Big one. I think big one. I think uh, we live in a... In a um, in a time, I think y'all were mentioning it earlier, we live in a time that's so riddled with anxiety about everything. Everyone fears the unknown. Everyone wants to live their best life. Everyone wants to, um, the whole, you, know. you only live once thing, blah, 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 you know, and uh, what what is it? What do they say now? Um, what is it? Uh, the new generation, they say. Anyways, the point is, is that uh, the obsession is on on things and notoriety and, and and privilege. Who's got the most privilege? Who has this over me? Who looks like this? Who acts like this? And that's why we have the anxiety about our wives. This is why it happens. Because otherwise, we wouldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, if we weren't conditioned by the world, we wouldn't. You know, it, the the but the thing about it is, is that I know I know that it's going to be okay. I feel I feel at ease whenever I pray about it. I feel a sense oh, yeah. of of serenity whenever I pray about it. I feel better, you know. And um, but whenever I'm not immersed in prayer, I I can't. Well, it, it, you talk about society nowadays, and a lot of people. The way that we're getting rid of our fear nowadays is either we ignore it or we deflect it. Deflect it. Yep. Or absolutely. And then when the thing is, is if you ignore it and you don't let anybody else know, or you deflect it and not and kind of be defensive, no one can help you. And so, but you got to be vulnerable to do that. 
and and we we live we still live in a society where vulnerability is a problem not as bad as the early 1900s you know that's right. that's a lot right. of reasons why those guys committed suicide and mm-hmm. why families were a little messed up because Absolutely. there was no love it was is a pride thing and so but you got to be vulnerable but the biggest problem nowadays that we have in all this stuff is def- we just deflect everything and then the problem is is that once you do that and nobody knows what you're going through and no one talks about it and you don't want anybody to talk about it and you just ignore it especially in, in public service heck that's why most <laughs> mental mental health is because of of we're ignoring the problem mm, they, or yeah. we we deflect it in some other ways however that is yeah, you have those in, like Jacob was saying those those thoughts those intrusive thoughts that's what I was trying to think of that these the new generation I was trying to think of a second ago intrusive thoughts is what they call it oh yeah. that triggers my intrusive thoughts or whatever the heck they say that's that's what it is just like what you're saying it's the fear the thoughts and if you don't take care of it if you don't acknowledge it how about that let's just go ahead and say acknowledgement mm-hmm. self-reflection reflect yourself. and that's a better word i was saying ignoring but acknowledgement yeah is it's acknowledge where you're at mm-hmm. where are you at where you stand how are you dealing with your issues everyone's got fear i'm not any different if you think you're special you're not sorry <laughs> all right we all deal with it. Yeah. We all deal with different ones, and we all probably deal with the same ones. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if you don't, you're awesome, and you're probably lying. <laughs> so that doesn't make you awesome. Uh, but uh, talk to somebody. Yeah. Community is huge, right? It's huge. I get to talk to these guys, um, not just on the podcast, you know. And um, but have have community. You know, have community. You're not alone. And nothing, remember, nothing is insurmountable. Nothing. Nothing. As long as you have God, nothing. Without it, everything is going to be the big problem. Handle the small ones before you get to the big. Well, and accountability is not just preventing somebody from being doing something wrong. Sure. Accountability is also helping your, your somebody if they are in trouble or if they do have a need sure, or sure. if they are having a problem a mm-hmm. mental a mental capacity or something like that i mean that's that's just as much being accountable for that person as well absolutely is recognizing there's an issue and trying to find out if there's anything you can do to help that issue absolutely absolutely mm. good stuff y'all be kind rewind yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we're going to get out of here but before we do <laughs> He's staring at him. Yeah. Listen, so intently. Hold on, listen before I before I open the second like segment he, up. Like he was about to serenade him. The last time that I asked for a health tip from Scotty, I asked for one health tip. You gave us seventy six of them. <laughs> so let's uh, let's stick to one health tip, shall we? Oh boy, it's time for a health tip from Scotty. I don't know how healthy I am, but. Um... I would say eat, 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 eat as much as you want. Uh, I know that sounds crazy, Here we go, but where are these guys. <laughs> but here's a, and, and this is why I say this, okay? Because if you're just doing a cardi a cardiovascular thing, you're gonna lose weight, but you're not building muscle. So if you eat and you do some kind of muscle training in some way and build that muscle, the more you eat, the more that muscle will grow and keep your metabolism up. The, f- the more blood flow, the more muscle you have, the more blood flow you have. And so that blood flow increases metabolism, increases uh, losing fat, and makes your, your, your body work 
harder because you have more muscle. So if I would, I tell people all the time, you know, they say, what diet should I go on? What should, what, what should I do here? What should I do there? I said, look, cut little things out that you know aren't healthy, but don't change your whole app, your, your whole aspect on anything. Cause any crash diet isn't going to work. You're going to quit it after a couple months. It's a, these juice diets and all this stuff. Your body has to break down food. Okay. The more food your body breaks down, the more your higher metabolism is. So if you take in juices, your body's not working as hard to break food down. So your metabolism is not going to, it's not going to spike. It's not going to stay high. And so along with eating, building some muscle, because eating results in building muscle, building muscle results in higher metabolism. So does eating, you will lose fat. Now that doesn't mean go eat freaking McDonald's four times a day. (laughs) But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is just, you know, just uh, go out and and try to constantly eat throughout the day. And when you look at calories, don't look at calories as a whole. Calorie counting is is for people who just want to lose fat. But like I said, most of those people gain that that weight back because it's not healthy. Um, a calorie deficiency diet's fine for a little bit, but it's all subjective. So if you want to if you want to take in something, you know you got to remember. Calories are also protein. Protein equals a four, a one gram of protein equals four, four calorie count of energy. So just add that up and make sure you're not just counting good calories and bad calories. Make sure you count your bad calories, but keep taking your good calories. There you go. Got what it. if I'm trying to get a big butt? Oh, you already have mm, one, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> he already has. He's, 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 he's strengthening that up. It's fine. His gluteus is, his gluteus maximus is great. My gluteus is maximus. <laughs> <laughs> well, his quads are weak. Weak quads. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Just kidding. At least my brain's not. Oh. Oh. That's why I became a fireman, <laughs> hey, dummy. Hey. But for real, though, that reminds me. I haven't eaten all day. I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> like my stomach was growling as oh, you were man. talking about that. Oh, great tip, man. Should have brought Seriously. your protein shake like I did. I should have. I'm not hungry. I'm weak. <laughs> well, let's get out of here so we can eat. Heck right. yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, like, like Mouton said, Find somebody to talk to. Get those get those fears off your chest. <laughs> yep. Talk through it and work through it. Um, you're not alone. We we all struggle with it. So, um, and please reach out to us if you uh, if you want to. You can reach us at respondcommunity at gmail dot com, or you can reach out to us on Facebook or our, uh, on our Facebook page, Faithful Responders. Um, but that's it for now, y'all. Y'all have a y'all have a great safe day. Stay safe out there. Stay breezy. Peace.